Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Show About Science. This is your host, Nate. We are back at the Chan Zuckerberg Biohub with our amazing guest, Manu Leonetti. Today, we're going to learn how scientists are attempting to map every protein in your cells. And you'll be surprised what they're using to do it. Alright, let's get started. Hi Manu, welcome to the show. Hey Nate, nice to meet you, thank you. So, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm a group leader here at the Chan Zuckerberg Biohub, and I'm a cell biologist. And I've been studying uh, human cells and how they're organized for about 10 years now. To understand how cells are organized, Manu's using microscopes, CRISPR, and proteomics to zoom in on the building blocks of the cell. As you know, genes encode for proteins, it's really the proteins that are kind of like the molecular building blocks of cells, kind of the, like the Lego bricks that make the living. The Lego bricks that make the living. And so the big revolution in our field is that now that we have the whole genome sequence of the human genome, we know all the different proteins, and I know you, you've talked mm-hmm. about this before on your podcast, yes. <laughs> um, we know about all the different kinds of proteins that make the cell. And there's about 20,000 different flavors of them. Now, inside a cell, because some proteins exist at very high copy numbers, uh, meaning that the same protein is found many different times in the same cell. Long story short, there's about one billion proteins in each cell uh, at the same time. (laughs) And there are like, I believe it's like around 40 trillion cells. That is true. That is true. So there's a lot of proteins in in the human body. I I would give you a number, but I'm not that good at multiplication. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not going to try either. But it's a big number. It's a super big number. But when you think about 20,000, it's a big number, but it's not a, you know, enormous number. And so what we're trying to do is for each of these 20,000 proteins, and we're not quite there yet, we're trying to understand what they do in the cell. Understanding what job a protein has in the cell is a complex undertaking, but... There are a few things that we can measure that are fairly simple and that tell us quite a bit already about what that protein does. The first thing is, where is that protein localized in the cell? What Manu wanted is a map showing the locations of all of the proteins in the cell. And this map would be helpful because there's a lot we already know about cells. You know about the nucleus, maybe you heard about mitochondria, which is the compartment where energy is made. 
But, you know, even if you don't know about that, the cell is heavily compartmentalized. There are different parts of the cell that yeah. do different functions. For example, as I said, energy is made in one part of the cell and, you know, metabolism can happen in different parts of the cell and the cell also has, say, a recycling bin, which is happening yet somewhere else. So if you know where a protein localizes, you might learn a lot already about what it might be doing. Yeah, you like, can start to infer what its job might be. Exactly. The other thing that's really useful is to measure which other protein that protein is uh, working with. Mm -hmm. So just like, you know, humans and societies, our cells really are societies of proteins or ecosystems okay. of proteins that actually work together. One way they work together is that they actually bind to each other molecularly. They kind of like handshake each other and that's how they can do more complex functions than just, you know, one protein could do. So another way of knowing what a protein does is to understand which other proteins it's directly talking to. Um, and we can use methods to be able to map that. Now imagine if for each protein in the cell, I knew where that protein was, and I also knew who its direct neighbors are, and you could do that for each and every object, then really we could use that to really start mapping the architecture of the entire cell, kind of drawing the map of how a cell is built from the standpoint of, you know, uh, all the proteins that make it. Okay, here's where things start getting really interesting. So in order to create this map of how the cell is built, we need some sort of protein GPS tracking system. Some way to tag specific proteins so that we can find them in the cell. And to understand how this works, we need to learn about fluorescent proteins. Do you know anything about fluorescent proteins? Oh, no. What, what is a fluorescent protein? Right. So it's really interesting because um, there are proteins in the wild that are fluorescent. Okay. Fluorescent means they glow light when they are exposed to light themselves. You can think about it as just like a glow stick for a protein. Glow stick for a protein. They're actually found in jellyfishes among many different organisms. They were found in jellyfishes at first. The people who discovered fluorescent proteins, they won the Nobel Prize a few years ago, actually. You might have seen in an aquarium, like, you know, glowing jellyfishes or glowing, you know, fishes. For example, if you go down to Monterey, there's some beautiful examples of that. The jellyfishes, they glow in the dark because some of their proteins glow themselves. Oh. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Huh. And so how do you make a protein fluorescent? Right. So what's really cool is that by sequencing now the genome of these jellyfishes, people have found the sequence of the proteins that themselves inherently are fluorescent. Now, the way you can use that in a human cell is you can just stick that sequence, that fluorescent sequence, if you want, to the sequence of the protein that you're interested in. Okay, we call that a tag actually um, in biochemistry. Okay. You're just adding this extra piece of sequence at the end of the day that's going to be translated in an extra piece of protein that is just appended to what you're interested in. But it's just going to make that thing that you're interested in just glow in the dark or glow under a microscope. So how do you use that in science? Yeah, great question. So you can use that by um, using a fluorescent microscope where you can follow that fluorescence in very high magnification inside a cell. So again, you're interested in one part of the cell, and now you have this way of turning that one part fluorescent. Essentially, you're illuminating it, right? Now, you can bring your cells now that have this little piece that is fluorescent. You can't see that with your own eye, 
but you can put that under a microscope and you can see exactly where is that fluorescence localized inside the cell. That tells you where that object you are interested in, in this case that protein you're interested to study, that tells you where it is localized inside the cell. At this point, Manu opened up his laptop to show me an image of one of the proteins that had been mapped. You can see this image and follow along at opencell.czbiohub.org. Here's how it was created. They took some cells and did two things. First of all, we turned their nuclei blue. We can use mm -hmm. that using specific chemicals that they're called dyes, okay? It's just like kind of mm -hmm. like dyeing cells. And uh, you can see where each one of these blobs here is the nucleus, so it's the center of the cell, if you want. That's where the DNA yeah. is kept. So you see there's about 20 different cells here in that image. And in grayscale, we took one protein in our cells and we turned that fluorescent, as I just told you, by using okay. these little appendages that we found in jellyfishes. Mm -hmm. And we snapped that picture and that shows us where that specific protein is localized inside these cells. Okay? okay, you can see here that they form this kind of like little wire mesh mm -hmm. inside each and every cell and then maybe there is a yeah. little bit more concentration of it just right next to the nucleus. I see. All right. This specific example is called the cytoskeleton. Yeah. This is a cage of proteins that make the structural integrity of your cells. That's why our cells don't fall apart if they are squished or something like that. There's actually a cage, it looks like a little wire mesh that keeps them together. And the protein that we're looking at here, it's part of what makes that mesh. Mm. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. So what we did now is we did this kind of experiment, not 20,000 times because it's very complicated to do, but you know, we're going to get there eventually. Mm -hmm. We've done it uh, about uh, 1,500 times right now. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's a good place to start. Yeah. And we started putting all of our data in a website, and this is a project that we call OpenCell. And you can look at it uh, on yeah, your web browser. Yeah. I looked at it a little oh, okay, bit cool. earlier. <laughs> so um, what you might have seen, for example, is that you, know, you can look for a specific protein or a specific gene that encodes for that protein. Mm -hmm. You know that these two things are very closely related. And you can see how they are localized inside the cell. So I pretty much understood how they were making this map and what it looked like. But I still wasn't understanding how it would be used to prevent and cure diseases. Okay, why do we care? Why do we care about having a great description, a great reference of how the cell is organized internally? Well, it turns out that, for example, you know, all the drugs that we use in medicine, almost all of them, target proteins. So, you know, when you think about making a drug, for example, it's really, really useful to understand how that specific protein functions inside the cell. It's very relevant to understand where it's localized. Um, it's very relevant to know who its molecular neighbors are and these kind of questions. Mm -hmm. And there is a growing feeling in medicine today that it would be extremely useful if we had a full reference map of how all the different proteins are organized within the cell to be able to develop new therapies. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the big, yeah. you know, if we look at the very high level, that's one of the big motivation behind our work. You also know that a lot of diseases have a genetic component. 
you might have a mutation in one of your genes that gives you a specific disease. Well, the mutation in that gene is going to influence a specific protein. Essentially, when you have a mutation in a gene, most of the time it means that one specific protein is broken. So that's really useful to have this map of all the different proteins and how they're organized within the cell to understand why a specific mutation gives you a specific disease. On this episode, we've been zoomed in on the proteins in one cell. Really, just trying to understand how these molecular building blocks fit together. On the next episode, we're going to visit a place in the biohub called Les Petites Hôtels des Poissons. And we're going to meet some scientists who are zooming out to understand how different cells come together to create organs in the human body. Make sure to subscribe to the show about science so you don't miss it. There you have it, folks. The show about science is complete. A big thank you to Manu Leonetti for being on the show today and for sharing the amazing work that he's doing at the CZ Biohub. This episode wouldn't have been possible without everyone at CZI and the CZ Biohub. Extra special thanks to Patricia Condon, Pete Farley, Jeff McGregor, Dale Ramos, and Sandy Schmidt. And our theme music, as always, was written by Jeff Dan and Teresa Brooks. Okay, Dad, you can shut the recording off. Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference.